0: The next two weeks, I just want to build off of what Pastor Phil has been doing with the Summer Break series. And these next two weeks, I want to talk about growth, about how do we grow in life. I mean, we want to grow in all areas. The word tells us that we should desire to grow more, right? Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart, as if you're doing it for the Lord and not for man. So if you're doing it with all of your heart, whatever you're doing, whether it's just being back to the house, relationships, work, whatever it is. If you're doing it with all of your heart, well, then we should be growing. We should be here and then moving forward in that process. If you're great at something, whatever it is, let's desire to be greater at it. So that's what we're going to talk about these next two weeks is grow. But here's the problem. And I fall into into this trap all the time. Sometimes we get in these, in, these, in these moments, we get in these seasons, these funks in life to where we just, we, to where we just don't want to grow anymore. We're just content right where we're at. And then we just don't feel like doing extra. We don't feel like doing more, doing whatever it takes to grow. We just don't feel like it sometimes, right? Well, I want to let you know that there's a story that really uh, inspires me with that in the Word and this story. There's a father where his little son, his little boy, is overcome with an evil spirit, and this evil spirit abuses him. Uh, it has made him deaf and mute. I mean, it's horrible. And so the father takes this, uh, 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 takes his son. He finds Jesus and he pleads with Jesus, take away this evil spirit from his son. And Jesus responds uh, this. He says. If you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. That's what Jesus says to the Father. The Father's response is, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I love that. I love the raw honesty there. Before Jesus himself, the Father says, look, I do believe, but I got to be honest with you, Jesus. There's parts of me that's having a hard time believing right now. So help me in those areas. Help me in my unbelief. And so I want that to, to encourage all of us here this morning. That if 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 you're sitting here this morning, and you might be in a moment right now, to where you're just not desiring to grow, you're 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 a you're a not desiring to improve, to put in the extra time, put in the extra effort, you're having a hard time believing in certain areas in your life right now. I want to let you know that all you have to do is activate your faith just like that father did. All you have to do is take your situation, take yourself to the answer, take it to Jesus and say, you know what, I need you to help my unbelief right now, Jesus. I can't do it. So I want to encourage all of us to desire to grow. If you're not desiring it, let's pray. God, help me to desire to grow. And again, we want to, as, as believers, we should want to be the best in all areas of our life, in relationships, as a spouse, as a parent, as a friend, as an employee. We should desire to do the best we can in all of that. But most importantly, what needs to drive all of that? is that we need to desire to grow spiritually. If we're not desiring to grow spiritually, closer to God, then all that is just by the wayside. So I want to encourage us that what we would pray to to desire more than anything else, because I guarantee you if we pray to desire to grow closer to God, then that will create a desire in you to be a better spouse, to be a better employee, to be a better friend. So that's what we're trying to get at this morning. Let's pray before we move forward. Dear God, we need you, Father. Some of us are feeling good right now. Some of us are feeling down and out right now. But God, we know that you are greater than all of it. So we ask that you would help our unbelief, that you would help us to desire to grow closer to you, to grow spiritually. And I ask, Lord, God that that would drive all the rest of the areas in our life. I ask, God, that you use me above and beyond anything I'm capable of. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the next two two weeks will be be focused on, on growth. And what we want to focus on today in growth, and I believe that we all have this in common, it's not just a California thing, it's not just a Bay Area thing, but it's a human being thing, and that is stress. I'm here to talk about stress with you guys this morning. Come on. I know that, 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 that stress is something that is just something that we all experience in every single area of our life. And depending on how we manage that stress, we'll determine how we grow. Yeah. Yeah. If we manage it well, well, then we will grow. We'll grow closer to God. We'll, go, we'll, uh, we'll grow in um, all those other areas. But if we don't manage stress well, if we choose to ignore it, then that's going to greatly, greatly hinder or stop our growth, especially growing closer to God spiritually. So here are some facts about stress I just want to, I found interesting, want to share with you guys this morning. This is from factretriever.com. Stress has been called the silent killer and can lead to heart disease, high blood pressure, chest pain, and an irregular heartbeat. While it is a myth that stress can turn hair gray, stress can cause hair loss. Hello. All right. In fact, in fact, tel- telogen effluvium, which is a fancy word for hair loss, can begin after three months after a stressful event. I think we all know what I need prayer for this morning, right? We all know my stronghold. It's out there. The top three stressful cities in America, we all probably would have guessed these. Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, California, and New York, New York. Chinese stress balls, Baoding balls, as they're called, were created during the Ming Dynasty in 1368 to 1644 in Baoding, China. Originally made of iron, the balls are thought to relieve stress because they, touch, or because they touch pressure or acupuncture points on the hand. Those are the little metal balls that you kind of like rotate in your hand like that. It was held help manage stress. This is way back in the Ming Dynasty. The stress hormone cortisol not only causes abdominal fat to accumulate, but it also enlarges individual fat cells, leading to what researchers call diseased fat. (laughs) Chronic stress floods the brain with powerful hormones that are meant for short-term emergency situations. Chronic exposure can damage, shrink, and kill brain cells. I name off this huge list just to let us all know that stress impacts us in so many different ways. And we can't just ignore it. We just can't face all the stress that we have in life in all these different areas, whether it's family or through friends or at our workplace, you name it. We just can't let it hit us and us choose not to manage it well. Or us choose not to do anything about it. Because when we choose that, then it's going to impact us in many physical ways. But most importantly, it's going to impact us spiritually and we're not going to be growing closer to God. So what I want to do with you guys this morning, we're going to look at several different kinds of stressful situations that Jesus faced. And we're going to learn from Jesus himself how he faced stress, how he managed it, and what can we do to apply that to our life and how we handle stress. And you got to love that, that our Jesus, he didn't just sit up on a throne eating bonbons, not having to worry in the world like he could have. He was God. Fully God and fully man. He could have chose to not to experience a single emotion that you and I experience. But yet he chose to experience it all. And this is what scripture tells us the different kinds of stressful emotions Jesus experienced. He felt angry. Scripture tells us he felt deeply moved. He felt distressed. He felt grieved. And he felt troubled. So, Let's take a look at these and let's learn from them and apply them to how we can handle our stressful lives. So the first thing that we want to look at, at what Jesus did to handle stress well, the first thing is he allowed himself to feel it. Jesus allowed himself to feel his problems, to feel the stress that he experienced. When he's addressing the disciples about who would betray him, this is what he says. John thirteen twenty one. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Focus on those words. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. I believe that God gave us feelings for a reason. He created us. He created everything about us. He created this world. And I believe that he gave us all these different feelings, good and bad, for a reason. Whenever we have any kind of feeling, but especially stress, we have, a, we have a choice to make. We have this stressful situation hit us, now we have a choice to make. We go this way and we grow closer to God, or we go that way and we grow further from God. We have a choice to make, you guys. I believe that he put that stress there for a reason so that we can choose to, to grow closer than we would have if we never would have had that stressful situation hit us. You see, the problem is we automatically want to force ourselves to not feel stress whenever it hits us, right? Whenever we have any type of stressful situation, we automatically want to ignore it. We automatically want to sweep it under the rug, act like it isn't there. Hopefully it will just go away and I'll just move forward with life. That's what we try to do. But the problem with that is that there's a cost to that. There's a cost, and the cost is we usually, when, when faced with stress and we don't measure well, we'll find an unhealthy outlet for it, whether that is to, just to be busy, Right. Let me just start cleaning. Let me just start, you know, let me go out and then just run some errands, just busy, just ignore it. Uh, it could create us to, 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 to binge, binge watch Netflix, right? Or binge watch uh, TV or binge on food or binge on, on drugs and alcohol, right? That's what it creates if we choose to ignore it, to ignore the stress in our life. Psychology today... States three reasons for importance of allowing yourself to feel or process the stress or any type of negative emotion, but especially the stress in your life. Here are those three reasons from psychology today. Number one, when you numb sadness, you also numb your happiness and joy. So you can replace that with stress as well. When you numb your stress, you also ignore happiness or joy. And we numb it thinking, no, I want this. I want to be happy. I don't want to be stressed out. But the problem is, if we don't allow ourselves to feel that stress, then we're not going to get to that happiness, to that joy that God wants us to have. The second thing it tells us, struggling with your emotions often leads to more suffering. Choosing to ignore our stress will not make it go away, but it ultimately will only lead to more suffering, right? The struggle with that is, is that when we choose not to address the stress, not to to feel what's going on with that stress, well, then we say, no, I'm going to ignore it thinking that we're just going to get better from that and improve, but really it's just going to build up, build up until boom, that bomb goes off, right? There goes that hole in the wall. There goes, you know, whatever it is. There goes the unwanted finger on the freeway, whatever it is, right? It's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. The third thing that psychology today tells us, processing and experiencing your feelings, your stress, is part of having a full life. Experiencing these feelings, these negative feelings, is part of having a full life. So if you don't allow yourself to experience it, then what it's saying is we're never going to experience the life that we're meant to live. So Jesus himself, as we just read off, he had all these negative emotions that he experienced on earth. He allowed himself to feel it. And so that's what we need to do if we want to have a full life. The second thing that Jesus did to manage stress well that we need to apply to our lives is He clearly identified it. So He felt what He was going through and He identified what He was going through. And He says this in John 12, 27. It says, Now is my soul troubled. Again, focus on these words, you guys. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. He identified what he is going through. Now is my soul troubled. I'm in this tough hour right now. And Jesus is not only expressing what he's going through, he's he's not only uh, feeling what he's going through, but he is identifying it. My soul is troubled. What is hurting in your body due to stress? I mean, just think about that. We need to identify the stress. What's hurting? Is it causing headaches? Is it causing back pain? Is it causing you to to blow up on your spouse? We need to identify what is going on if we're going to conquer it and grow. And when you're feeling stress, we need to to declare it. No, I'm stressed right now. This is causing me stress. But just like Jesus did, don't just declare the negative feeling. Also declare the victory. He says, for this purpose, though, I have come to this hour. And then the very beginning part of the next verse, verse 28, it says, Father, glorify your name. He says, my soul is troubled. What should I say? Take this from me, God? No, for this reason, I'm here right now. Father, glorify your name with what I'm going through. And that's what we need to do with the stress that we experience in life. Is that we need to feel what's going on. We need to identify, hey, I'm stressed out right now and this is causing it. But God... You are the answer. Not some unhealthy outlet, but you are the answer, God, if we want to grow. Um, There was a time uh, uh, a few years ago... I coached football at Logan for several years, and, and we we'll always go to these three-day football camps, either in Fresno or St. Mary's, and this summer we're in St. Mary's, and we're staying in dorms. You know, you, you, you go out, and, 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 and you're with your team practicing three times a day, and then you go back to the dorm, rest for two hours, go back, practice, go back, back and forth. And there's a moment a few years ago where I was sitting in the dorm In the middle of going back and forth, I had a couple hours to myself, and I was sitting there by myself, and man, this just heavy, heavy wave of depression just hit me. And I mean, it was like one of those things I can't even explain, but I, I just felt so down. I felt so discouraged. Thoughts of just feeling insignificant, thoughts of feeling like, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going? What's the purpose of your life? What are you doing here? I mean, this was two hours of just beating myself up with these negative thoughts, depressing thoughts over and over and over again. And then I can't tell you exactly what it was, but for some reason, this thought came into my mind is that I need to, I need to identify what's going on right now, and then I need to declare the opposites. And so that's what I did. I said, God, right now, I feel confused, but I know that you are not a God of confusion. I said, God, right now I feel depressed, but I know that you're a God of joy, that you're a God of peace, that you're a God of happiness. And so I started just to, uh, just to declare it. And what hours took to, to just to make me feel this, um, this depression, in a moment of just two sentences, I was out of it. And so that's what we can all experience when we choose to identify what's going on. But then don't just identify the stress, but we choose to identify what the answer is. All right? He can bring us out of it and allow us to grow. The third thing that Jesus did to to manage his stress well is that he expressed his distress. He expressed it. And in this situation, Jesus just lost someone very dear to him. That's something that I know a lot of us here can, can, can identify with. And Jesus, the God we serve, I felt the same thing. John eleven thirty two 32 through, uh, through 35 says this. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved In his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. That that shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, has always gotten to me, has always just made me scratch my head and and just kind of be a wonder of God. Like, wow, this is the God of the universe who created everything, and he already knows. That Lazarus is dead, he already knows what's happening, but yet he still allows himself to feel it. It says he wept. He, Jesus wasn't just teary-eyed, all right, but it says that he wept. I'm sure that he bawled his eyes out because of what he was feeling, because of the, the distress. But guess what? He was expressing what he was feeling. He was expressing that stressful situation by choosing to cry. And you know what? Sometimes we just need to cry. And it doesn't have to be tears, or, or we don't have to uh, necessarily cry, but we need to express what it is we're going through. And the problem with that is that, especially as boys, we're told from a young age don't cry. Don't cry. Stop crying. Why are you crying? Right, And then we take that with us to where we grow up older and we face these stressful situations. And then we choose not to feel it. We choose not to identify it. We choose not to express what we're going through because we're told just to let it go. And that's a problem if we want to grow in life. If we want to grow spiritually, most importantly, closer to God. Is that if we don't express what it is we're going through, we're not going to get past it. Some of you out there are writers and when you're going through a stressful event, you need to to pour your heart on that paper. You need to open up that laptop and, and express what you're going through. Some of you like to work out. You need to express that by working out, by being healthy that way. Some of us, all of us need to find someone to talk to. Express it through choosing to sit down with someone that we respect, sit down with someone that we love. And say, this is what I'm going through. Jerry and I have this thing called trash can. And that means that I'm going through something right now. And then we we will literally say, I need a trash can. And then I'm going to tell you what's going on. And Jerry is the one that usually says that to me. Because that means I don't want your opinion afterwards. I just want to let this all out right now. Because my problem is, oh, you have a problem? Well, here's the answer. This is how you fix it. Don't, Don't feel it. Don't. Don't don't go through this right now, but let's just go straight to the answer. And that's not the answer, and I need to work on that, right? We need to express what we're going through with words also. Tell someone what you're feeling and just be a trash can for somebody. (laughs) The fourth thing that Jesus did to manage his stress well was that he shared his pain with others and goes along with the last point. He chose to share his stress with others. In Matthew 26, verse 37 through 38, this is before Jesus is going to go pray in the garden of Gethsemane. It says, This, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to the point to death. Remain here and watch with me. When you're stressed out, When you're in that stressful situation, don't choose to put yourself on an island. Don't choose to isolate yourself because that is exactly what the enemy wants to do because he knows that is when you are most vulnerable. If he can get you alone to start thinking those negative thoughts and beat you down with them, that's when he knows I'm going to keep you from growing closer to God right here. Just feel like you're all alone. Just feel like you have nobody else to talk to. I'm telling you right now. We need to share this pain with others. We need to share this stress with others. I know it's difficult. I know, especially for some of us, to open up and then to, 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 to share our life with others. is not easy, but we got to move past that. All right? There are people here at Inspire that we would love to sit down with you. Find someone that you trust. Find someone that you respect, and just invite them over go out to get some coffee whatever it takes and say this is the stress I'm dealing with in my life right now and i want you to share it with me and guess what as a church we are called to do that as a church we are called to carry one another's burdens galatians 6:2 says this bear one another's burdens bear one another's burdens And so fulfill the law of Christ. This is what we are called to do. We're not called just to come here on Sundays or meet for prayer once a month and then go on with the rest of our lives and good luck with your life, okay? That's not what we're meant to do. If we're a church, we're meant to be a church where we are there for one another. All right? And that's not just at Connect Groups, not just here, but whenever, Let's exchange numbers. Give us a call. Let's meet up, whatever it takes. But let's do this life here together. And when we do that, we'll be able to share what we're going through. And those burdens won't be as heavy. It won't be as heavy because we're sharing it together. We're going through this together. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to pray for me. We're going to get through this together. And and then we're going to continue to grow because of it. At this time, I want to... Call the worship team to come back up here. We're going to get ready uh, for a time of communion uh, pretty soon here. So please go ahead and start to prepare your hearts, prepare your minds. as we get ready for this sacred time of communion. But as we get ready for that, I had to share with you one more thing. And that's the fifth thing that Jesus did well to manage his stress. That you and I have to do if we're going to grow. And if, and if we're going to conquer the stress in our life. Not just live with it, but conquer it. And the fifth thing is probably the most difficult out of all of them. Not probably, it is, I'm sure. The most difficult out of all of them. The fifth thing that Jesus did well to manage his stress and that we need to do also is that he chose to forgive those who caused his pain. He chose to forgive those that were causing him stress. As Jesus was dying on the cross, Luke 23 verse 34 simply says this, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is dying on the cross, a gruesome death, He has been beaten, he has been mocked, he has been spit upon, he has been wrongfully accused, he has been betrayed. He is going through all these stressful situations and he's dying on the cross and he chooses to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know who he's choosing to forgive? His executioners, the very people that are killing him. He's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If Jesus can choose to forgive in that moment those people, ultimately us, then we have to be able to forgive those that are causing us stress, that are stressing us out. If we ever want to grow, or guess what? You're just going to be running around in circles the rest of our life. If we don't choose to forgive those that are causing us stress, And the beautiful thing about what Jesus says, and Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What, it, what, what is ultimately taking place is Jesus is showing that my love is greater than what you're doing to me. My love never fails. My love is greater than all this pain, all this stress that you're causing me. And so when we choose to forgive those, that's exactly what we're expressing to them. We're saying, you know what, what you did hurt me, it did, but guess what, I have a love inside of me that's greater than any of that. I have a love inside of me that is greater than any pain you could ever cause me. And so we get to experience that, but when we choose to forgive those, then now we get to release that onto them. We release that love onto them, but we release also what we're experiencing. That weight is lifted off of us when we choose to to forgive those that's causing a stress. In conclusion, there's one thing more that I have to express to you guys that I know I've expressed it before, but I just cannot, cannot express it enough. Because I believe it's one of the things that we all deal with probably the most, that is feeling alone. Feeling like we don't have anyone to talk to, feeling like we have no one else that's going to relate to us. I hope this morning by looking at what our God Jesus experienced, we can realize, you know what, he can relate to us. He experienced it. He was greatly troubled. He was distressed. He was troubled in spirit countless of times. There's, there's another person that can relate to us, and that's King David, and I want to read to you guys what he's experiencing, the stress that he's experiencing to let us know that we are not alone. In Psalm 31, 9 through 12, David wrote this, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. My life is spent with sorrow, my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. Because of all of all of my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like the one who is dead. I have become the broken vessel. Guess what? David is obviously in crazy distress right now. He is going through it. He's in the back of some cave writing his heart out to God right now because of what he's going through. But guess what? His story doesn't end there. This same David is going to go on to be known as the man after God's own heart. So he didn't allow the stress. He didn't choose to ignore it. He didn't choose to to act like it's all good but he identified it, he felt it, he expressed it. He's gonna eventually share it with others. And because of all that, he is gonna grow. He is gonna grow. That's something that no matter where you're at, obviously David's in a horrible place right now. Some of us are in a horrible place right now, but it doesn't have to end right where you're at. It doesn't. We can have the same story that David did and be known for something greater than what we're going through right now.